I'm Noah, and you're listening to Product Journey. In this episode, we had Ryan Doyle on the pod as a guest, and we had a great chat. I did want to give a little note, though, that the first 10 minutes or so, we had this little audio issue um, with our recording software, so you'll hear a little bit of a weird noise on Ryan's mic. Um, but don't worry, we figured it out around 10 minutes in, so bear with us till that point. Let's get on to the episode. So you're, I mean, so you're in Mexico, is that right? So I was up until Monday. Now I am in Guatemala at a place called Lake Atitlan. Okay. I mean, I have no idea kind of where that is or where you're at. How is that been um, going? You've been doing kind of the digital nomad thing for a little while, right? Yeah, so I've been doing it for getting close to a year now where I actually I live at this thing usually called Selena and Selena, there's about a 100 of them where you pay them X dollars a month. It's pretty cheap. It's cheaper than anything you'd find in the US. And you live there. And you also have access to their co working space. So like I change once a month. Um, I was in one in Mexico last month. Now I just went a little bit further south in Guatemala. Um, it's this really picturesque uh, lake with three volcanoes surrounding it. And uh, I, I love that. Like, I can see one of the volcanoes at my window. But um, wow. it's I, I'm, I'm also keen on just saying this out loud to other potential bootstrappers. Is like, go stay at these Salinas. A, because they're fun and cheap. But B, because I don't get to meet a lot of other people doing this. Oh, yeah. Here. You know? <laughs> that makes sense. Wow, $100 a month. Like, that's that's pretty good. Like you're basically living like that's your rent, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, $800 a month and it's like a private oh. apartment, co-working space and um, you can change and, and you get like free yoga and stuff too. So it's like a little bit of fitness, a little bit of work, a little bit of life all in one. And it is so my rent. Like, I don't have anything in the States. It kind of gives you everything you need. So you don't even have to go anywhere else necessarily. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I don't have to, but that's so that's also why I change once a month because sometimes like a week can go by and I can be like, I haven't left the property, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah. Okay, just to give some people some context. So you're, you know, you're working on Magic Sales Bot and you've been doing mm -hmm. that for how long? 18 months. 18 months, wow. So year and a half and uh, you've kind of been bootstrapping. You did take a little bit of funding, I believe, from Calm... Uh, fun, I right? did. Yeah, I did. Uh, back in March of last year, um, when I hit like 1.2k MRR with the old version of Magic Sales Bot, um, I, I thought like, these are people that I want in my corner. They've been there, done that. And I had a few offers on the table. I never thought of myself as someone who would take funding. And it wasn't so much about the money, the money as, as it was having Ernest be invested. Well, now they're calm, invested in my success. And so yeah, they're just fantastic people. I'm going to go to their founder summit again this year. Okay, awesome. Um, okay, yeah. so explain a little bit what Magic SalesBot is and what it what it does. And it sounds like it's so, changed a bit throughout too, right? It has, and it's about to change again. So let me tell you what it is <laughs> like right now today before it changes again. So it's a prospect monitor for B2B sales teams. And to go into what that actually means, because I'm sure not a lot of B2B sales reps uh, are listening to this. Um, I used to be one of them. And when I would manage 100 accounts, it would be hard to know every single day what was going on. Sure, I had LinkedIn and Crunchbase and Google Alerts and every other tool, but there was this drowning in data problem. And so what my tool does 
is it really simply just takes in all the accounts from your CRM and gives you a really nice and easy Facebook feed style view every day of the data you need to care about. Hey, Noah just got funding. This person just got promoted. And from there, you can act on it really easy. I include like contact information, the ability to sync it back to the CRM and sequencing tools. And uh, I use the tool to sell the tool. Okay. Interesting. So it's, it's, it's basically listening to different things that are happening on the web and like giving alerts to you to yes. like, know like something happened. This is like maybe an opportunity to reach out. Yeah. Cause if you're a sales rep, you might spend a couple hours a day just combing through different sources of data, looking for like a nugget to reach out upon. But with mine, you just open up your dashboard and you see what's new today. Like, Hey, these people got funding. This guy got hired. These people will be at a conference. And now you have something that you can act on and you didn't have to really spend any time going out to find it. Okay. And now is that, yeah. is it, is it directed at, uh, like per individual, like you're looking at different individuals at a company or is it per company, like a bigger, like per company kind of data? Good question. It's both because I'm going to find everything about the company, but you can set filters around roles that you care about. And then I'll bring in specific data on that. So the first user I ever onboarded was a sales rep who he put in that he cared about marketing and growth people. And it popped up with his feed for that day. And one of them was, hey, these people just posted a job for a growth manager. And he opens the job posting and it says, this person needs to have experience in and it named the guy's biggest competitor. And so he was able to reach out to like the VP of marketing and say, hey, I saw you post this and they need experience in our competitor. And we work with a lot of people in your space. We compete with that tool. Wouldn't you like to work with us? And he closed a $70,000 deal from it. So there's like real value wow. in being able to get that, mm -hmm. that type of data without all the fluff around it, you know? Right. That makes sense. Yeah, um, yeah my, so my brother-in-law, he's a salesman and he does that for uh, medical insurance. And so medical okay. insurance, as I understand, it's like, you know, it's, it's one of the biggest costs to a company. And so he's, mm -hmm. you know, he's going out and trying to get companies to, so he's like a broker for medical insurance. And so he's going out and trying to get new companies to take on his service. And kind of what he's described is like, it's pretty, like that sales world is pretty crazy because it's like a really big product, really expensive. And it's like, yeah. he'll work on relationships with these people for just like years. And then eventually, right. you know, it, they, they have a decision time, they need to switch, they need to do something. And he's there and making a, a sale. And it's just like, wow, it's exactly. such a crazy thing. Exactly. And if you want a relationship with that person, it probably makes sense to monitor what's going on in their life. And so that's what I help with uh, for someone like that. Um, yeah. Because if you miss it and then the competitor picks up on it, now you're behind them. And and it's it can be very cutthroat in sales. And just mm -hmm. having the right piece of data at the right time can mean all the difference. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so... Yeah what what's what are you changing now like what's 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 the new thing oh <laughs> uh, so i mean i've got a story um so the last six months or so that i've been doing this version of magic sales bot which is the version i just told you about i have been hustling i use the tool to sell the tool i onboard people manually i'll reach out to them on a daily or weekly basis and say hey look here's a really cool signal you should send it. I would send it to this person. I would say this thing. And they'd go, oh, wow, Ryan, that's great. Thank you. And so they were really getting value 
because I was spoon feeding it to him. You were kind of and like I doing the work like, for him. <laughs> yes. I, and, you know, like if they're paying me, I, I want them to get value out of it. So um, I, I took this effort under my wing last month where I said, man, I'm just doing way too much. What if I started to automate some of this? And what I thought I needed to do was rebuild a UI where people could come in like a product led growth freemium experience. They could put in their first companies, see the data I generate, decide if they want to pay me or not. Um, and I spent like a month on that and truth be told, I'm not that great at front end stuff. I'm a lot better at back end and sales. And it's been like three weeks since I did that. I've received no new paying customers and I've had a lot of churn um, mm. because I've not been able to spend the time on like the one thing that matters, which is people getting value out of the data itself. So mm -hmm. I just took a couple days of vacation, uh, like the first time this year, and I had a thought pop into my head and it's like, why am I not just focusing completely on this, this data piece where people act on a piece of data? And what my thought process is, is I know people are happy when they see the piece of data and they add it back to their CRM. And, and what that looks like is, you know, you've got some type of templated email that's meant for people who just got promoted and you see a promotion in my tool and you add them to that sequence. And mm -hmm. I thought, well, I can automate that, can I? They can just tell me what their promotion sequence is and I'll add all new promotions to that. And if that's the case, then they don't need to come into the dashboard anyway. So why am I even building one when I could just manually onboard people, focus on the back end, and mm. they get a daily email anyways that says, this is what we found. This is the data that's happening. And, and it's in their CRM anyways. So I've, I've got this effort that I want to do around, maybe I don't need to build a SaaS the way that everybody else builds a SaaS. Maybe my SaaS is partly backend, partly me working with customers. And mm. I can scrap this thing that's proved to be such a thorn in my side, which is this front end, which is providing no value to my users. Yeah. Okay. So, I can see that. So it's kind of like making it simpler in one way, like, and kind of just going straight to the value of just like trying to give that value to the customer and you kind of doing some things to do that as like, maybe it starts out as you kind of doing it yourself as a service kind of thing, but then you're then automating yeah. a lot of it as you go. Um, yeah, yeah, that sounds interesting. Yeah, I, I guess I'm, I'm thinking about it like, okay, there's a landing page with a uh, type form on it. And it says, what CRM do you use? Um, and like, what's your email? And then I contact them. And I say, look, um, if you authenticate with just this button right here, then I can automatically add everyone who just got funding just got promoted just had a job posting to your sequences every day. I see these are the sequences you have in your CRM. Uh, if you'd like to add some more, here are some templates that have worked for me in the past. Um, let me know if you want to start and I'll turn it on for you. And then once I turn it on, you know, they get an email in the morning and it says, um, hey, we found these eight signals today. We're going to create eight sequences for you in one hour. And then it creates the sequences. And at the end of the week, it says, hey, just checking on your sequences. We can see that they had like a 55% open rate. Um, and we saved you so much time because you didn't have to do anything. Mm -hmm. And I could do that all on the back end. And there's nothing for them to log into. They're not going to have to go click up any buttons every day. And, and I don't think that's the long-term product, but I think that's the product that 
makes my users want to stay with me and not churn because they are having work done for them without them having to do anything. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I, I think that makes that makes a lot of sense, and it, it it could be a good yeah really starting point to really figure out how to solve their problems and kind of move forward with that. That that sounds pretty yeah. cool. I just don't know how crazy or how stupid it is, but I mm-hmm. I look at guys like like you who are building Potion. I look at a Riley Chase who's building Hostify, and I think that they are very well suited to retention because people sign up and they have something built for them. And if they stop paying, that means work stops getting done. Like they have to migrate to something else. They have to do the work themselves and pick up the slack. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I want to move towards that model. Like right now, if people aren't coming into the platform, they're not getting value in this new version. They don't even have to touch the platform to get value. Right. <clears throat> right. Yeah. That makes sense. It's like, you, for something to be a SaaS, like it needs to be continuous value for them to want to continue mm-hmm. to continuously pay for it month to month. Um, and I think like what you're describing still could be a, a SaaS. It's just like it kind of, you know, as long as they're getting value and, and like you're saying, you're not having to like push them to like push buttons in some dashboard or something. It's more just like it just yeah. happens without them. Hopefully, you know, hopefully they see the value, but they're not having to put in the effort to make the value. Yeah. So maybe it's more like a, a SWAS, like a software with a service or a service with a software. Mm-hmm. That's a cool name. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just, I, I'm at this point where I'm like, I, I have been working on this business. I have not seen the results that I want to see, but I know that this problem exists because I was in this position. And so I'm just on to my next iteration. And hopefully six months, a year from now, um, we look back and go, oh man, now I feel really smart because that was just the right idea all along. And if it wasn't, then I'll come up with another iteration. Hopefully listeners can now hear that 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 little noise, that weird noise thing is gone now. So now they'll understand that we're talking about now too. So that's what that was, guys. No worries. <laughs> Sorry. We're back. <laughs> um, okay, let's see. Another question that came up from you kind of talking through that. Like, how have you, how have you been able to push through? So you've been working on this a year and a half and, you know, it hasn't necessarily gone perfectly, right? Like it probably hasn't gone no. how I imagine you'd expected, no, um, or or, or wanted. So how, how have you been able to keep going on this that whole time? I mean, of course it has. It could have gone better. Um, I would love to be at at least ten k MRR, and I would love to be able to pay myself a real salary. Um, I would love those things, but the reality is this shit is hard work. And I, I, I don't know if I have a, like, um, every morning I wake up and I eat an apple straight away and that's just how I keep going. I don't have like some little tip or (laughs) trick like that, but I, I do remind myself that I intend on being a business owner for the rest of my life and building things for the rest of my life because I already have been building things for my entire life. And this is just one chapter in the journey. And I think about how people will say, you know, these are the times that you're going to look back on, you're going to be thankful for because these were where all the lessons were learned. And it's probably better that I do struggle a little bit because 
if it were easy, I wouldn't learn anything. I might get too cocky. And then the next thing I do might fail spectacularly. So I'd rather mm-hmm. take, I, I'd rather take my troubles right now. Um, and then enjoy myself a little later. I think I've always had that philosophy. Like I'll work now, play later. Um, and, and I listen to a good amount of hip hop music, which is just, you know, Hey, grind it out. And then I listen to a little <laughs> gospel music, which is like, you know, have some faith. And then, uh, the digital nomad thing really does help because, um, when I am done with work and I'm screen drunk from looking at a screen all day, um, and I go to the grocery store, it's an adventure just going to the grocery store. I have no idea what they're going to sell there. Um, I have no idea what language they're going to speak to me in, uh, cause it's not mm-hmm. always Spanish. And, um, it's, it, it gets my brain off it and it gets my brain working on something different. So, um, I do feel a little burnt out. Like I'm not here feeling superhuman or anything, but that's why I took the last few days off. I think I'll take tomorrow off too. Um, and I, I'm, I'm really just taking it day by day, man. I do a lot of journaling, a lot of meditation and that shit helps. Yeah. Yeah. I bet. And, and by the way, you can go back in that little box if you want to, if, if that's a better okay. place for you to talk, I, I think it will work it's a there comf- too. It's a comfy box. Yeah, a I'm the box. only one in this co-working place. Like, there's no That's one else sweet. here. You got so the whole place to yourself. <laughs> I know. Six six p.m. Like everybody goes and they get a cocktail or something. So, I'll, maybe I'll go hang out with them later. But for right now, product stuff is fun. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think. I mean, I, th- I mean, bravo to you that you've been able to keep on it, keep doing what you're doing. Because uh, yeah, that's definitely not easy. And and I think we're as humans, we're so like trained to like want satisfaction, like right away and like want something and then get it right away. Um, and yeah. that, yeah, like for you to kind of get to the place where you're like, okay, just going and continuing, um, and just pushing without maybe always getting that, like that's, that's really hard, but that's, I mean, that's, that's probably a good muscle to train to do that. Um, yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it just like uh, old Calvin and Hobbes character or uh, comic, they say, yeah, it builds character. You go out in the winter without a coat on, it builds character. You go 18 months without passing 1.5 KMR, it builds character. Yeah. Um, it's right. Yeah, Cause it's an so I've journey. gone through some similar things like with potion and that's why I've talked about recently a bit. And, and it was actually even like hard to talk about it like publicly. Cause you know, I like to build in public a lot, but it was, it's hard to talk about, yeah things when it's like hey it's not going exactly how i want you know it's hard to like mm-hmm. talk about those issues but anyways like the last six months potions kind of plateaued and so yeah i, I just felt very burned out working on it because it was like i'm like i feel like i'm hitting my head against the wall um with this yeah. and that's why i kind of started to not spend as much time on it and kind of uh move away from it a little bit um so yeah, I mean that's I I can kind of see maybe some of the some of the problems and stuff that you've been up against with that where it's like you're you're trying to yeah. make this you're you're making you're trying to make progress every day and so it's just hard not to see that when that's what you're doing. Yeah, but I think that you've got this whole other level of pressure where you have a family, and I'm mm-hmm. just a single dude, uh, <laughs> like a single twenty eight year old dude who's got himself to worry about and. And like I have safety nets, like I have some of the calm funding left. I've got, um, when I quit my job to do this in the first place, that company ended up going public and I have a little bit of their stock. Um, oh, nice. so like I've got that, like if worse comes to worst, 
Um, and then you now that. I, I <laughs> I'm not selling that. Um, <laughs> and then like every now and then people reach out to me and be like, come, come work here in sales. Like, can we aqua hire you? And I'm like, well, I could go back into a sales job, which I would hate. I don't like doing sales anymore. Mm -hmm, I, mm -hmm. I would go be a developer or a product manager if I could, cause now I do those things. But, right. um, I, I, can commiserate with what you're saying about it being hard to share that and hard to say that because even to say to you, or like I've said a few times today, it's the first time that I've shared it, that I'm thinking about this, this little secondary pivot on top of my pivot. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. there's this, this self judgment of man, I see these other people doing it. I'm here and I haven't created the results that I want to create. What is wrong with me? I wonder if other people look at me and they say, if only that guy would do X, Y, and Z, he would be fine. Because mm -hmm. you know how like you listen to a friend talk about their problem like, oh, he's just so horrible. He's on my nerves. And the, you know the answer right away. Girl, break up with him. Uh, it's, yeah. it's easy when you're looking <laughs> yeah. at other people's problems. But when you right. live it day to day, it's so much more difficult to, to admit like, hey, I think I'm wrong a lot of the time and I don't know what to do, you know? Right. Right. And I think, you know, having humility in that is, I think, a great place to start because it allows you to then learn and, and realize like, okay, maybe I don't have everything figured out here. What what steps can I take to figure some of this out? But then on the flip yeah. side of what you're saying, you know, especially on the internet, people like to show that like they've got it all figured out. And that's never yeah. really the case. And, you know, there's especially on like Twitter, the, the things that rise to the top are, you know, those couple of different companies or founders that do have a business that's like a, a rocket ship or it's going great, right? Well, yeah, you know, that it's not necessarily, I feel like a lot of times, a lot of the percentage of what made that business or that company go well, like I think a lot of the weight is based on kind of their market and positioning and timing, like it, there's there's a lot of things that you can't control and so it's not right. like they can take all the credit for it um and so yeah it's, right. it's you can't really just compare against all those things and but it's so hard not to because you see that and it, it rises to the top of your feed and stuff and you're like oh man they're they're killing it over there what, what am i doing wrong um uh, so yeah I, yeah i definitely I, I definitely feel that as well at times and it can be dangerous too yeah, well, like I, I was just looking at our mutual friend uh, Damon Chen, founder of Testimonial That Two, posting. Today oh yeah, he's he, killing it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that three hundred K AR, and he deserves every bit of that success. I mean, he's a smart dude and he's a hard worker. And oh um, yeah, you, you, I always see someone tweet under one of those like success type tweets. I'm gonna move out of this little room. There's a flashing light. Um, okay. <laughs> I always see someone tweet under that like. I know. I always see someone tweet like. Man, I wish more founders would share like the downs and not just the ups and right. and like the, the things that they're going through and not just MRR numbers. And then I think that you know this as well as anyone is like when you do share those things, um, like two likes and I get, and then you get a DM with someone trying to sell you something. You know, so right. it's like there's not that much <laughs> incentive to share it anyways beyond the validation of like. I put it out there and it's okay. I'm still alive. Right. It's okay to feel this way, you know? Right. Yeah. I've, I've tried to put a lot of that out there and yeah, like you're saying, it, it doesn't go, not many, near as many people see it. 
Um, yeah. But I have seen like so you've been doing kind of the building public stuff. I've I've been seeing you've been putting out some YouTube videos and stuff like that as well, where you just kind yeah. of share little updates because of you actually. Yeah. I, oh, okay. I have That's been trying cool. to see like. I, I'm always trying to test like what feels right, what works for me. And I am very capable of just talking for two straight minutes. Uh, so YouTube videos are easy in that sense. Right. Right. For sure. So yeah. How, how has that been going? Like, have you enjoyed doing that? Like, have you, how have you benefited from that? I guess. Yeah. So I do a few things I do. Um, I do, every now and then I do a YouTube and none of this is on a schedule. It's just like when I remember it, when I feel like it, when I have time, mm -hmm. um, I do some blog posts. I've tried to do like a personal newsletter, like every month or so, just say, um, here's something that's going on in my personal life. Here's something going on in my business. Uh, the most regular thing I do is a monthly investor update, which I've done every month of the year so far. And it's not even, um, investors. It's just people that are other builders that I respect. No customers allowed. Um, hey, I should add you to it. Um, but it's like, cool. you know, read it. four, like, <laughs> like 30 or 40 so people. And then people have lots of great advice. Um, uh -huh. And I think some cool things come up. Like I, I do try to do those broadcast level things. But then I also try to DM people when I see something of theirs that I like. Like, hey, I enjoyed reading this. This was really cool. Just, just to let you know. And that oftentimes sparks a conversation and I don't have anything to sell, but I like being associated with other people who are trying to make this happen too. And, mm -hmm. um, okay. So here's a funny benefit for you. Um, do you know Ryan Culp on Twitter, founder of FOMO? Yeah. Yep. So he tweets in public a lot too. One of the things that he's been tweeting about is he just bought a farm and, um, no, no doubt he's been successful in software. Um, I've not been as successful in software, but I have been successful in farming. I grew up on a farm. So like I'm going to do a week with him um, in oh, a month or nice. two where, yeah, where I'm going to help him do one of his first plantings of crops and uh, maybe we'll talk some software stuff. So like that wow, has only that, come as a result Ryan of Twitter. Is, Ryan Culp is crazy. Like buying a farm, like that's just so like out of left <laughs> oh, field, I, mean, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a ranch and it's um i mean hell i i love the concept of owning land like i owned land growing up and it's just nice to know like this is mine and i can be sustainable like self-sustainable if i want to i can have space to my own i don't have to worry about neighbors um i love that feeling but i think that one thing that ryan culp is always good at is just putting himself into a new situation and being like yeah, I'm totally capable of this. He did it with entrepreneurship. He did it with K-pop. Um, and now he's doing mm -hmm. it with a farm. Yeah. Yeah, because he, he was like in Japan, I believe, right? For a while. And he just came back South over Korea, yeah. to the U.S.? Oh, South Korea. Yeah. Yeah. And he um, he he is a musician. Um, and he wanted to both learn Korean and then combine Korean and music making to become a popular um name in the Korean music industry, which he succeeded at, by the way. Mm, that's pretty crazy. It's it, yeah. it's interesting just thinking about that, that. Like, I think you and him actually have a lot in common. One, you're both named Ryan. Two, I'm yep. pretty sure he was he's more of a salesy kind of guy. I don't think he does all the tech stuff or at, in the beginning, at least. And that's kind of your up your where you started, too. And then you, you both got this farming thing now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a uh... 
I, I would love to continue drawing similarities at, um, at our MRR. Um, that's the next similarity I'd like. Yep. To <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like no, that's, that's the, the, good. They have an open page on FOMO and like I did some napkin math once where they show not the revenue that's coming in, but what, how many people are subscribed to each plan. And then you can very easily multiply that by the number that's attached to each, um, uh, plan on the pricing page. And like last I checked, it was like 80 K and MRR. And that was a very long time ago and they just sold it. Mm. So they're probably way, way, way past there. Um, yeah, probably, probably more than double that knowing how quickly he was growing things. Yeah, I think, um, so kind of going back to kind of what you're talking about, like, you know, just working on this business, trying to push it forward and, and how you're kind of seeing it as like, like it's okay if it's kind of slow kind of getting going. And I think that is true in that like businesses are kind of an exponential thing where it's like once you figure it out, once you're kind of on the right path, it's just kind of gonna kind of go from there. And and uh, I mean, there is so much learning along the way that like hopefully you won't have like, obviously we'll always make mistakes and stuff as we go in our, our business journey, but mm-hmm. you'll, you'll just learn so much that hopefully like both of us won't fall into as many mistakes later on in our entrepreneurial journey. And, you know, if right. you're working on a business kind of working, it's just like, it is kind of exponential in a way. So I feel like, and it, hopefully this is just an encouragement, I guess, is that like, if, if we do keep working on what we're doing, like, you know, over like a 10 year, hopefully it doesn't take us 10 right. years, but like if we kept on working on it, you know, up to that point, like by 10 years, we should be on, we should have something pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> pretty good yeah company. yeah um i mean i i think there's like a really common saying that people overestimate what they can do in one year but underestimate what they can do in five and i would venture a guess that we would probably see the majority of our success from year 3.5 to five you know yeah yeah for sure and so i think it is obviously it's a challenging time now you know, sometimes I see like, oh man, I could go back to getting like a full-time job and like right away you could like, you could get back to like making a lot more money or something like that. But it kind of cuts short the whole goal of like building your own thing. And like, I think in the long term, doing what we're doing, working on our own things, Mm -hmm. like one, we'll hopefully enjoy our career and enjoy what we're doing way more. Um, but two, yeah. I think in the end, it probably would add up that we would make more money and like it would be a, a positive all around eventually. Uh, right. Just maybe right now it doesn't necessarily feel like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because there's, there's two tasks, right? There's the task of creating the business that supports us. And then there's the, the, a goal that I feel very strongly about is also becoming the person who can create these types of businesses and create an independent income. And I don't want it just to be a one-shot thing. I want to be the guy who can figure it out um, because I, I, again, look at a guy like Ryan Culp who he acquires a business and he seems to have just a very strong knack for the businesses that are within his skill set to grow and he knows how to grow them and he's proven that he can do it time and time again. And so mm-hmm. I don't think there is the formula, but I think that there is our formula. Like what is the type of work that works for us? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, definitely some entrepreneurs like Ryan Culp are like, you know, they're just very good at like just learning as they go and figuring out and just so like in a lot of ways they could make a very wide variety of businesses work most likely. 
Um, I right. was just the other day, I was talking to a guy and, you know, just completely different industry, completely different market. <clears throat> he owns a business that's just a local physical gutter business. His, his company like puts gutters on houses. Okay. Um, but like, it was so interesting talking to him because I just saw like all the parallels and things that made us, me and him so similar, even though I, you know, I'm doing mm. this like online business kind of stuff. Cause he's kind of to the point where you know, he's not doing any physical labor. He's not putting gutters on houses anymore. He's doing all this like large, like mind, like thinking kind of like right. how do you run a business? How do you like hire people, manage teams yeah. um, and like move capital around? And like he's doing it at a pretty large scale now. And I think he's maybe 30, 31. And so he was talking about like kind of the next things he wants to tackle. And it was just I could just see a lot of that same kind of entrepreneurial like figure out something, yeah. you, you know, find a problem, figure out how to solve it and just like learn and, and work towards it. And if you, if you kind of build those skills, like you're saying, like there's just a lot of things you could go out and yeah, obviously it'll be hard starting anything, I think, but you could, you could probably make it happen if you, you build out those skills um, and are able right. to do that, which is, which is cool. Right. I think there's like a little difference right now where we just have to be the employees as well as the owners. But then there's a point where we can just graduate to almost a pure owner who, you know, comes in and, and dips their skills in, uh, in a little bit of coding, a little bit of marketing, a little bit of sales every now and then. But, right. um, that, yeah, the I, I'm not ready to be, I'm not ready to be the pure owner kind of guy yet. Like I, I want to like get my skills, like hone my skills and get good exactly. at all these little things. Um, and so I'm actually really enjoying, like, that's why I want to do like the solo thing. Cause I really enjoy like trying to understand how do you do all these different parts of a business, not right. only making the product, but also marketing, selling, copywriting. And it's, right. it's fun to just learn all that stuff. But yeah, I, at some point I, I would see myself, I think getting to where it's like, all right, I want to like, you know, ha have other people do this and I'll be more of an owner yeah. kind of role making decisions, but not doing all the, the labor myself. And when you do go to hire someone, then you'll know what the job should look like because you'll have done it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's that that sounds like that's the the good plan. Hope, hopefully that works out for both of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I I'm just going to keep trying different stuff like that. That's all I really can do. Right. Is is run experiments and see what bears fruit. And then if it bears fruit, try to do it again. Mm hmm. Yeah. So what's like, what's like one experiment or one kind of angle that you want to try to tackle next um, to kind of, you know, you know, you're talking about this new pivot with magic sales bot. What's, what do you think is going to be kind of your first angle to like kind of move the needle with it? Um, so I guess more of my plan is to take this auto prospecting feature, which is the one that takes daily signals, adds them to people's CRM sequencing features. Um, what I intend on doing is taking all my users right now and moving them over to that and just using like the first week of just monitoring like, hey, are they generating enough? Is it sending the emails? Because then at the end of that week, I can say, hey, I'm sending emails for people automatically and it's getting an X percent open rate, a Y percent reply rate. Um, you know, wouldn't you guys on the internet like to do this too? And then it just becomes a series of um, sales and marketing experiments. So for one, I would like to uh, get back into a little bit of cold email with just, hey, do you want to try this? If so, fill this form out. 
Um, I want to get into a little bit of affiliate stuff where I think that there are a couple like blogs and whatnot that I've written for now where I could potentially pass along um, some like, hey, throw me a backlink and anybody that signs up for this, um, I'll throw some money your way. Um, I also have been doing a lot of scraping and hacking and I've found this sales forum with like 300,000 users where I can programmatically message every single one. Um, mm. I tested it before, it works, and I could send them all a message in a day. But if I were That's to do crazy. that, what I would need to, <laughs> I know, what I would need to figure out as the next step is how do I take them from people who are in my inbox to people that I'm automatically sending emails for? And so that's one gap that I've not really sniffed all the way out yet. And I think what it looks like is um, I have like a little page where they just click like authenticate with their CRM. I have their data. I say, you know, what sequences do you want me to use? And then I just hit go. Um, there's still a few fuzzy things around that whole process that I really can't figure out, I don't think, until I do it. You know, like mm -hmm. I do all this planning and, and like Dwight Eisenhower said, uh, planning Plans are useless, but planning is indispensable. And I try to do as much planning as I can, but I know I'm going to get punched in the face and things are going to change. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That sounds like a pretty, yeah, that, that sounds like a pretty hardcore uh, way to start getting in front of people like that, that, that group and stuff. Um, are you, are you afraid of like them kind of being able to see that it's like spam or, or something like that, that it just like box you eventually or something like that? Um, so the thing is, it messages them through the, um, website itself and it mm. pulls in their username and all that. But when it does that, it sends them an email notification. So they do get an email, but it's not from mm. me. It's from the forum itself. And so I have that, uh, layer of protection. The forum itself is a condom, if you will, for the message. Yep. Um, <laughs> um, but when it comes to just sales emails in general, I wouldn't do that. I, I wouldn't batch and blast like that. It just, it would affect right. my domain reputation. It would probably affect how people viewed my business. Um, and when I send sales emails, I usually send like a personalized video, something like really handmade. Right, right. Really personal for that, that person. Like, um, uh, actually, one thing that's worth telling you, Noah, is I had been doing some sales emails. I shared some of the results on Twitter. And then I was just getting flooded with DMs, which were like, how did you do that? How did you do that? And I was a sales guy for years. So I just, I put up a Gumroad sales page and I'm like, hey, I will go through step by step how I make each of my email sequences um, and why I get like a 90% open rate. And um, like a thousand dollars worth of people signed up in that first day. And the next time I sent sales emails, I just recorded myself doing it and going through it all. And I was like, cool, little experiment, uh, just mm, making yeah, an extra cool. thousand dollars for doing what I already do. That was smart. <laughs> Take Make some money fun. from a, a quick moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's why I like cool. to share on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, you never know when things like that will blow up. And then all of a sudden you got tons of DMs and that you have that people want, want to know what you have to, to say. Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to do this thing for a while where I would like scrape some data or do something and then I would pitch it on Twitter. I'd say, I've got X, Y, and Z. I'll give it to you for free. Just DM me. Um, and then I DM them and I would say like, hey, if you want more of this, you know, would you be interested in buying more of it? And um, 
a lot of them went nowhere. I did have one that I ended up like selling some data to Notion um, about like what people were Googling because there are companies that are Googling Notion. And I was able to mm -hmm. send them a list of companies that were Googling Notion in a certain territory. And so that was cool, but um, it's something that I want to keep doing and I haven't done in a few weeks now. It's just a really simple way to, to try to sell something before you even build it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think that's, that is definitely a good approach. And uh, it seems like you probably are really good at that too with just your, your sales skills and stuff like that. My, kind of my problem, oh, and kind of why I chose Potion as like a, a tool or, or as a market that I wanted to be in is I don't really like sales. And I kind of wanted to build a business where as much as possible, I didn't have to talk to anybody. Yeah. <laughs> and so I've, I I've kind of too. found that. Um, I've kind of found that at least, but there's, you know, it's just like, there's other problems then. It's like, um, I guess typically to go with, or typically to not have to do the sales and go the more, uh, you know, people just find your website, sign up is typically you have mm -hmm. to go more the pro consumer, like smaller, um, customers yeah. kind of route where each, each person is paying less and that's kind of what I'm in. So it just means I got to get a lot more of them. Um, right. Yeah. So it's kind of pros and cons, but that's kind of why it shows kind of that area. Cause I, I, you know, I had tried businesses in the past where it's like, I'm cold emailing people and doing stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I just, I just couldn't, I, one, I probably wasn't very good at it, but then also I just didn't really enjoy it. So I was trying to like find a way out of that. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, I really don't enjoy it. Um, I did it for long enough that I'm like, okay, I'm sick of it, but I know that I'm good at it. So I will do it every now and then. Um, but to, to your point about like not wanting to talk to people every now and then I, I update this little note that I have of the perfect product idea. And I think, what is the best product to build? And the things that I've come up with so far are, it's in the prosumer space because they can eventually use it in their business. You can land and expand with that business. Um, it has powered by marketing. So think of how Damon has um, you know, powered by testimonial or you might have powered by Potion on a free site. So that mm -hmm. um, A, you're backlinked when somebody embeds you on their website or B, other people who are seeing it can see where it came from. And then the third thing is, it's something that you install and then you build upon. So like Riley's um, Hostify, which people build their applications on, or Potion, which somebody builds their website in. Um, right. And I think if you can find something at the intersection of all those, you have a really strong candidate for something that can grow without you having to talk to too many people, grow without a lot of pushing, and uh, be really strong in both retention and SEO someday. And so I'm still on the lookout for what that idea is. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I think those are some good qualities and an idea to look for. Um, that's actually something that I've been thinking about is, well, so like first I've, I've decided like, all right, I need to fix some product issues because I my churn is higher than I'd like and then my trial to conversion is lower than I'd like and lower than it was uh, before I start having these plateau issues. Um, but I think really one of my next, uh, kind of after I get the product to a good spot, really my next spot or, or step is probably having a free plan so that I can do what you're mm -hmm. saying, like have a created with potion or something like that. Um, and I think hopefully that's like this, a, a good step to really start getting more traffic and gar start getting a lot more people learning about potion. I've been afraid yeah. to kind of make that step um, 
up to this point, kind of just because I was afraid that I would just get a ton of support or that my product couldn't withhold. Well, I guess one of the the problems that is like, you know, would I have to start just paying a ton for my server costs just to handle all these free yeah. websites? And I think I've finally gotten kind of my infrastructure to a place where that's not going to be the case, which is which is great because I, I definitely was in a spot earlier on in the business where if I had too many users, I'd just be paying way too much for it. Um, yeah. And so the infrastructure hopefully is now to a place where I can support it. Um, and, and, you know, if I, if I do the product in a, a really good way where it's not confusing and I have like some guides and some walkthrough kind of stuff, like I don't, like I shouldn't get too much support. Like I'm not having to do too much live chat support right now. Um, and so hopefully I can kind of keep that going to where the free plan won't be a, a bad thing and it will hopefully be a really good thing for getting new people finding it and stuff. So that's kind of, that's kind of on my roadmap as, as a plan. So Hopefully yeah, that will um, fit. I just I just did that whole effort, and uh, it's a pain in the ass. Um, what, wait, what effort to do the free plan? The oh yeah, whole, yeah. What like, you were talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I because I I had like credit card required for anything, and then um, I switched to freemium. And yes, it was a pain in the ass. Yes, it was a poor outcome, but I think it was the right decision like it's important to separate the decision from the outcome like you know if a football coach calls a crazy play but it's the only play that you can call in that situation but it doesn't work out good decision bad result mm -hmm. um and so that's how i tried to think about it because it now led me to this next iteration that i'm going to work on which is the the slash um and you don't know where this effort could lead you because you might get into it you might say this is easy you might say this is stupid and and maybe it's easy for you to just shut off and revert back to an old version mm -hmm. yeah that's true yeah yeah that's that's the thing hard thing with like business and making these kind of decisions you never really know where it's gonna land and so just being flexible and uh yeah that's definitely a good way to do it and and well that's that's what i try to do at least is if you were optimizing for a learning like that's probably the best case is just like as as long as you're learning with every decision you make and progress that you make um mm -hmm. you know you're that much closer to getting to where you need to be um and so right. just making sure you're learning along the way even if it doesn't work out in those little decisions that you you did make yeah um and i think that you and i are both pretty good at that like i remember um earlier this year or last year like we both sold a SaaS. Uh, it's, and I think uh, your rationale was similar to mine. Like, yeah, I wasn't really working on it. I thought it'd be cool to figure out how to get something acquired. And uh, I think that mm -hmm. it's that drive to keep learning things and try new things that is going to ultimately prove the success. Well, I know it's ultimately mm -hmm. going to pr prove the success for people like us as long as we can maintain that, that mindset. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, this has been really fun. Thanks for chatting, Ryan. It's been really interesting to hear about your journey. And I My think, pleasure, yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, if you keep doing what you're doing, I think you'll make it. So I'm, I'm excited to kind of see what, what happens with Magic Sales Bot and see what this ne next iteration, where it takes you. So thanks, thanks a lot. Um, happy to hear you're getting back to work on some potion stuff. And uh, thanks for having me on.